0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. I was trying not to burp during that intro, man. Shouldn't take a drink of Rockstar right before. thought I was going to like squeak in the process of doing it. Um, man, I'm excited. I just booked uh, fucking three different flights. Austin. Uh, Emily booked three flights <laughs> because I got very angry the other day. Yeah, um, Booked Austin. I booked, uh, changed my flights, but for Salt Lake City, or not Salt Lake City, St. Louis. There you go. There's a layover in Salt Lake City, I think. Mm. Um, for the first uh, first form headquarters, super excited about that. Um, obviously, that's a good time for a shameless plug. For those of you listening, they are the sponsor of... The podcast, and they are the supplement sponsor of our entire team. It's who we promote and and use personally and with all of our clients. Uh, You can head to firstform.com/slash tailored coaching method to get free priority shipping. And I just got notified that um, when you so, so for those of you who have ordered and you're wondering about this, this will explain it. And if if you haven't yet, this will explain it if they haven't fixed it yet. But essentially, they went, they create a new system on the back end or something. And when you check out using, our link or whatever, it doesn't actually show you that you get free priority shipping. It just says free shipping, free standard shipping. Um, however, if you are using ours, then you are going to get priority shipping unless you order a massive. Like I didn't get priority shipping for my last one because the package weighed so fucking much because I
1: order $500 worth of shit at a time, you know. Yeah. Um, what is a, what is a mass load? Do they, have a, do they give you over a dollar th- amount? There's a certain weight. Mm. of the of the thing right but like
0: when i'm ordering multiple uh, proteins like i know uh corbin if he's listening uh one of my wwe guys (laughs) i saw because i see all the people who use our link Mm. like who's coming through you know using our link and i saw an order for him and it was like i think he ordered every flavor of protein dope there's like 20 of them and he was just like might as well try them all you know um one of them was like root beer float and i was like that sounds Interesting. Yeah, I always, you know, I'm always more of a, like a chocolate, vanilla, cookies and cream, strawberry milkshake kind of guy, so when they start doing, like, Fruit Loops and all those kind of crazy ones, I'm always, like, leery about the taste. Yeah. Um, Hesitant to buy it. Yeah. I I mean, I've heard really good things about the root beer float one, but I think of, like, soda-flavored protein, and it kind of makes me, yeah, it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. But apparently it's really fucking good. Yeah. I mean, root beer float would be better than, like, (laughs) Sprite-flavored protein powder, but, uh... But no, like when you guys order, it will, uh, it will give you that. But they're actually—he um, texted me yesterday, and he was like, "I'm meeting with the some people that do whatever on the team, like to change it based on what I said." I was like, "Hey, like it's not showing." you WWE guy or first no? Form? First one. Oh, oh. Um, because I mentioned it to him, they took it to heart, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, we're fixing it, so it'll say soon." So for those of you listening, you do get free priority shipping using our link. That was point of the rant um and again it's firstform.com slash tailored coaching method but I'm stoked to get out there uh for a few reasons number one I'm so inspired by what they do and how large their company's grown and all the different things that they're able to do now it fires me up for what we do and what we're building yeah but I know for a fact just stepping into the doors of that massive facility I'm going to be on fire for the rest of the year probably yeah you know um so i'm super super excited to see that we're gonna shoot content train meet a bunch of the crew like i'm really really looking forward to that um i haven't been to missouri since i've never been to st louis i went to springfield missouri when are you Fuck? going uh march 21st I think. oh wow yeah so not too far away i mean next month it's yep. about a month away um and then uh, Austin is April. So for those of you listening, it's the Next Level Coaching Academy event. It is March or April twenty third and twenty fourth. Yep. Um, Joe Rogan has a four twenty comedy show, and it's like I was like, oh shit! Like Shannon, let's go right before. And and then we were like, oh wait, we forgot Dallas. Like Texas is so big. That's like another four hour drive. Austin Austin to Fort Worth, I think is where yeah. it is. It was oh, I three. thought it was in Austin. No. Oh. Um, yeah, it's and, four hours. I know. Uh, I got excited at first because he lives in Austin, so I assumed it would be yeah. in Austin, but no, it's in Fort Worth. No. Oh. Uh, but I was like, yeah, it's not worth it. Um, I mean, it would be, but dr- dragging a kid along for a four-hour drive because I bring Shannon, I'm bringing Blakely, you know, yeah. and that's a, that's a deep drive. But uh, that's going to be a good event. You guys can save. Uh, I think the code is Cody10 is the, the coupon code if you guys want to check that out. Um I don't know the link off the top of my head if we can find it before. It's we on your story. Us, it is not anymore. Oh. <laughs> not by the time they listen oh. to this. <laughs> <Yeah. Good laughs> but point. If, you, uh, if you look up Next Level Coaching Academy on Instagram or something, I'm sure it'll pop up. But um, there's a lot of good speakers there. I'm excited about that. Excited to hang out with uh, Brad and Sam again. Jordan Syed's going to be there. So it's going to be really cool. And then I booked uh, a flight for Rose to come down here to shoot content, just like we did with Hallie. So Sick. she's going to come down and shoot some content for – all the mixed martial artists out there, whether you're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu or boxing or even just functional fitness and you're looking for advice on how to set up your diet for those kind of things, we're going to be shooting a bunch of content with her here um, because she is a national champion, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So um excited, man. That's sweet. Booking flights left and right. Yeah. Um, but it, it's all for really cool reasons and to get a lot of really cool fucking content. Yeah. So I'm excited, man.
1: It's going to be good. Cool. Should we get into the Q&A? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. We got the first one coming from Chrissy Arleno. says, if I'm training five days a week with physique or female physique, am I supposed to add one or two conditioning days in for cardio? I have a desk job, so I barely get 5,000 steps in, but I feel exhausted to do any more than five days of lifting. My goal is to build muscle, but I also have some body fat to lose. Do you remember... Do you recommend lifting less or adding cardio or focusing on getting more steps in? This is a loaded question. So this
0: is, you know, it's we get a lot of Taylor Twainer questions on the podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, for those listening, uh, remember too, like if you're in the app, you can do this. If you're not, this is a feature in it. You can literally click the little message icon and you can literally direct message us in the app and get help. So... Uh, If you're listening to this right now, which I hope you are because you asked a question for the podcast, you can literally click the message button. Now, I don't want people to stop asking these questions on the podcast because it creates good feedback and context and and education for everybody listening. Um, But when you need immediate help with what you're doing for your training, that's why we have that feature in the app. So don't forget, you can can contact us in the app anytime and get help. Um, If you're not in the app, that's one of the coolest features because we can actually help you with the training program as you do it. Now, this question specifically... Uh, is obviously an it-depends answer. But I think it depends on a few different factors. Now, if you're too exhausted to do cardio or do anything more, then you already know my my first answer is going to be don't, right? Nowhere in your question did you say my goal is to be more aerobically fit, like from a performance perspective, nor did you say that you're really after health. So when I think of cardio, like – Number one, we have to understand that there's there's really just two purposes of cardio for the most part, right? There's, I mean, I guess three, like obviously if you need it directly for your performance in your sport or whatever, but mainly it's like we're either doing it for health reasons or we're doing it for fat loss, right, generally. Now, some people will do it for sport enhancement like I just talked about, um, even if your sport is bodybuilding or powerlifting or anything like that, CrossFit, because if you become more aerobically fit, you can recover faster because when your aerobic system gets improved, your oxidative, your respiratory, all these systems improve and you can basically, essentially replenish oxygen faster, which means that you're gonna recover quicker. So like, if... I'm super aerobically fit and you're not, and we both go do the same exact weight on the barbell because let's say we're, ju- we're equally strong, but I'm more aerobically fit. We go do three sets of 10. I will be ready to do that three sets of 10 much faster than you because I'm aerobically fit, even if we're just as strong as each other mm. because my heart rate's going to calm down faster. I'm not going to be breathing as hard between sets because I, it, it drops down quicker, right? I just recover quicker. Yeah. And that applies between reps, between sets, between days of the week, all that. Um, so there is value in doing cardio for that reason. Now, your specific question was saying that you want to build muscle and lose fat. So for you, I'm not really as focused on trying to manipulate anything for performance because that's not really your goal and you didn't really even suggest that your goal is health. So you're gonna get most of the health benefits from walking anyway. So if you're doing some kind of neat, that's gonna allow you to burn more fat and um, keep your, your fatigue in check because if you're already fatig- too fatigued to add conditioning or cardio days, as standalones I'm not going to recommend adding one or two I would say just do the five days a week of lifting or shift to a different program like power building which is four days a week and do one day of conditioning um and I would recommend that if you're at a plateau or you're constantly sore. If you're constantly sore, you might be doing too much volume. So you're doing female physique, which is a higher volume, aesthetic-based program. So it's geared towards shifting your body composition. And it's called female physique because it's, it's geared towards like a bikini competitor, right? But you don't need to be a compi- bikini competitor in order to do it. You just need to aspire to have a quote-unquote female physique, right? But it is higher volume. It's five days a week. There's more volume included. So if you're extremely fatigued, I would probably drop down to a four day a week plan like power building. You're going to build muscle. um, and if you're in a deficit to lose fat, you're going to maintain just as much doing power building as you would female physique anyway. And then it allows you to take that fifth day that you're in the gym and just do a conditioning session instead. The reality is, is that conditioning session will burn more calories than a day of lifting. And that might be advantageous if you're at a plateau. Now, if you don't want to switch a program and you like the one you're doing, you can totally do that. And I probably wouldn't add any cardio days. I would just focus on the diet being the tool to lose fat and the training mi- and training mixed with a combination of eating enough protein being what is going to allow you to maintain that muscle while you cut. And if your steps are at 5K a day, I would just encourage you to bump that up, plain and simple. And maybe uh, on your days that you're not lifting, you bump it up even higher. So maybe you go from 5K steps a day to 7K steps a day. Two thousand extra steps, you're gonna go on an extra fifteen-minute walk. You know, nothing too crazy. Maybe you go on three random five-minute walks throughout your workday, whatever it may be. At the end of the day after dinner, something like that. And then uh, on the days you don't lift, since you're not going to the gym and spending an hour or two there, you can just go on a thirty-minute walk. And now you're gonna increase it from seven to nine k, right? So you go from five to seven every day, and you go from five to nine two or three extra days a week when you're not lifting because um, you spend a little more time walking. And that's going to give you your cardio benefit. Most caloric expenditure can be equally met. Like when we talk about fat loss and using cardio to burn calories, you can use NEAT, so just your step count, just as effectively as you could use actual cardio. Um, There's no inherent difference of you going to the gym and walking on a treadmill for 30 minutes on an incline and you walking around your neighborhood three times today for 10 minutes each. You know what I mean? In fact, there's actually some studies that show more health benefits from doing it three times separated in 10 minute bouts. Um, those health benefits aren't caloric expenditure benefits. So you might not see any difference from a fat loss perspective, but your insulin sensitivity might improve. Your digestion might improve, um, blood flow and, and cortisol levels like that. Stress levels, those kind of things can improve because you're just doing small bouts and you're doing it throughout the day to get you moving rather than sitting all day and then doing one bout of exercise. Um, So I would, I mean, I would focus on that. I've had plenty of clients do that. Um, and it works tremendously well. And the biggest thing that metabolic adaptation negatively adapts while you're in a diet is your step count. Like that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing that we can track, right. Um, without machines or testing equipment. Otherwise, uh, we've talked about this. You can't monitor how much I'm and stuff yeah. like that, you know, unless we got a bunch of fucking, what, what's that cameras. word that of like things you can't measure? Um, I don't know. Oh, unmeasurable. Thank you. I, <laughs> I thought there was a, yeah. um, either or, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I can't think of the word, but I mean, ultimately it's, it's things that I always look at it like this. If I can't, you know, the whole saying of like what gets, uh, managed gets, or what gets measured gets managed, right? Yeah. So if I can measure it, I can manage it, quote unquote, which basically means I can adjust it. So if I can I can measure my step count, I can, first and foremost, when I go into a deficit, my body's gonna wanna lower that naturally. And so you're probably gonna have to add some walks because if you don't, like even if you go on a 20-minute walk every single day and you wear a step counter and you go into a deficit, after a few weeks of being in that deficit, you're gonna look at your step counter and all of a sudden your steps are gonna be lower. And you're not gonna realize it because literally me, for example, I might be sitting here and the remote is over there on the table and because I'm in a deficit and my body's actually more sluggish and neat is lowering simultaneously and, and just naturally, I will, instead of getting up, walking across the room and grabbing that remote, I'll look at the remote and I'll look at the TV and go, I don't care that much and I'll just keep watching whatever I'm watching, you know? I will go get the mail less just often. Just subconsciously. Subconsciously. I'll yeah. park closer. I will circle the parking lot more times to find a spot, whereas normally I would just go, fuck it, just park. Yeah. Park quicker and let's walk. Who cares? When you're on a diet, you just don't do that, and you don't realize it because your brain, you don't really track those things. They're too subconscious for you to really be aware of. But because of that, you're probably going to have to increase your steps. But the main thing you want to do when you go in deficit is just just uh, maintain those steps. But again, you can't do that if you don't measure them, Right. The things that I always say is like, focus on what you can measure because you can manage those. I can't manage what I can't measure and I can't measure how much I twitch, how much I blink, how much I chew, how much I talk, stand, all those kind of things. And it's just going to stress you out, which is also why if we go into a deficit and even if we maintain our steps, but all those other things lower, then we're probably still going to have to increase our step count to try to maintain that level of energy expenditure through NEAT because even though we're walking the same amount of steps because we track that, we're blinking less, we're talking less, we're fidgeting less, we're chewing like those kind of things, right? Yeah. Um, but point being is, I mean, obviously this is a side tangent of the question. You can you can use the step count aspect of this and still lose just as much weight. Like the diet, and I, I would I would literally say that nutrition and meat are the two most influential factors for losing weight. Training is the most influential factor for building muscle, and a lot of research actually shows that training is the most, one of the most influential things for maintaining a healthy lifestyle and a diet, which is really weird. But what they see in research is those who actually continue to sustain weight loss after dietary studies and shit, the most common factors are that they weigh themselves too often and that they still resistance training. Yeah. So those who stop training as often, even if they maintain a healthy diet and stuff, they end up gaining weight back. And it's just... I think it's one of those things when you go to the gym, you're doing something that promotes that lifestyle and you, you kind of like morph or, or change your other habits and environment and lifestyle based on the fact that you want to have a good session. You know, you're more likely to stay hydrated because you know it affects your gym. You're more likely to eat well because you know you're going to be able to lift heavier and shit like that. Um, which is actually part of the reason why I like lifting low reps when I'm cutting yeah. because there's something motivating about more weight on the bar. You know what I mean? Even if I, like if I did a, like, yesterday, I hit a one-rep max on the bench. If I did a 10-rep max on the bench, it'd be like, oh, cool. That was 210 pounds. Yeah. I've done it before. That Have I done exciting. it for 12 reps? I don't know. But it's not that cool. You know what I mean? There's nothing cool about it. I hit 300 pounds for one. More exciting, yeah. Yeah, way more fucking exciting. Like, um, and I know it's exciting because I told my wife about it, and she don't give a shit about that stuff. I came home, and I was like, guess what I did? <laughs> but, uh but I think those kind of things are super valuable just to keep you in that mindset. And I think that's what weight training does in general is just – it's a mental thing. Um, but yeah, diet is – diet and eat are like the two biggest things. So don't worry about it. Um, however, typically when I have a client – and this is the last thing I'll say about it. Typically when I have a client who's going through a diet and they're trying to lose fat and they're overly fatigued, I'm probably going to lower volume. So I would probably shift to a four day a week plan and I'm going to manipulate the diet and get them doing at least one day of conditioning, but definitely focus on, uh, cardio through neat, just stepping more, taking walks throughout the day, whatever you got to do. Um, and yeah, and obviously focus more on maintaining muscle during the cut than building muscle.
1: Totally. Cool. All right. We will go to the next question here. It comes from simply underscore saves. It says, when is the Everyday Athlete program coming out on the Taylor Trainer app? Um, well, at this it time. Is out. Yeah, it is out as you are listening to this. So as we're recording this,
0: it's going to air on Friday. But as you're listening to this, that would have been last Friday. So it's in the app. So you can go to TaylorTrainerApp.com, um, or you can just click the link in the description because we'll, we have it in there always. Um, and when you sign up for the app and you download the app on your phone, you'll be able to access that program amongst all of our other programs. Um, just some like brief description of, so I've been getting a lot of questions about like, should I do this program? Should I not? So on and so forth. Um, this program is, it's it's essentially designed to be for anybody who wants to look and feel like an athlete. Um, so when I have, like let's say I have a, like this is not a program for you if you are a uh, NCAA athlete. Like this isn't a literal athlete program. And I want to make that clear because if I was training somebody who is literally competing in sports, I would have a lot of the same principles, almost all the same principles. There might be a couple added principles that are unnecessary for the everyday person to use, but the the amount of certain variables inside this program would change and they would increase or decrease. And what I mean by that is like there's a lot of plyometrics in this program. But depending on the athlete, those plyometrics which are you know jumps, throws, sprints, slams, things that are explosive Probably going to be more prevalent because when you're actually a competitive athlete, you probably need to do more of that. Um, And it's going to be more specific to the sport, right? I might not do things that aren't relevant to the sport. Whereas somebody who is just an everyday person who wants to look and feel like an athlete, we're doing explosive movements that are not only the safest ones possible so nobody gets hurt, but also develop everything equally, right? We're not favoring any one um, body part, movement pattern, energy system or anything because we don't have the actual sport that we're playing. Um, And that's the other thing that would be different. Uh, The energy system development would be more specific to the person. Um, This one's very varied, so you're going to get improvements of the different aerobic and anaerobic uh, energy systems. So we're doing different rep ranges, different intensities, different durations of intervals and things like that with the finishers and the conditioning days. However, if I have an athlete who is only ever competing in one specific intensity and... uh, anaerobic zone, let's say, I'm going to focus way more on that than doing like slow tempo aerobic work that has no relevance to him, really whatever. That's like recovery day, just make sure you're healthy. Um, so this is more balanced than that. But the reason for that is because this is for the everyday person. Um, so whether you used to be an athlete or you're just somebody who appreciates athletes and respects athletes um, like I do, then, which is very ironic because I don't watch sports at all. But the <laughs> the point is, is like how to create an athletic physique mm-hmm. in more ways than one, right? So this isn't a bodybuilding program. Uh, it is a strength program, but there are some bodybuilding elements, the bodybuilding elements. I tweak and change on a few different parameters. Number one, I'm very, very, very focused on, uh, joint health in this program because of that there, the exercise selection changes every week on some things. And I utilize specific exercises that are just going to be more joint friendly. There's not a lot of machines and there's a lot of exercises that are using intensification techniques to avoid overload. So instead of me doing an exercise that I can only really progress it or get a lot out of it, if I go super heavy, I'm going to manipulate it with. Tempos, partials, extended ranges of motions, um, drop sets, bands, things like that to enhance the intensity of it without needing a ton of extra load. Yeah. Right. So yesterday I was doing those uh it was a mechanical drop set and it was a uh I did a push up one and I did a the dumbbell bands. a dumbbell one. Yeah. So the push-up one is feet on bench, then feet flat, and then on your knees, and what I'm doing there is I'm taking a push-up that I could probably do for 10 reps, and I'm going to 30 reps, right? And the reason for that is I'm changing the angle. I'm taking the muscles in the ranges of, in the range of motion through an extended period, so I'm, I'm using those handles so that I can get through a deeper range of motion, and I'm extending beyond what I can normally do as far as fatigue. But I'm not using any load, so it's actually really joint-friendly and easy on me. Same thing with the dumbbells. I was doing 10-pound dumbbells, but I added a band. So at the top of the the lateral raise, it gets extremely tight, and then at the bottom, there's nothing. So at the peak contraction, it's it's creating maximal tension, which is where majority muscle growth happens. And then after I max out on those, I bend over and I do more. So when I bend over, now my rear delts and traps take over a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I go from doing lateral raises to bent-over flies, still hitting my delt from the whole – perspective, but I'm doing it in a way that allows me to, again, instead of getting 10 reps, I can get 20 reps and I'm doing it in a way that's not going to harm my joint. You know, I'm not having to swing to get it up there or go super heavy to create that maximal tension. And so we use a lot of those things. Um, there's a lot of exercise variation week to week as well, because I wanted to create something that, um, so I created a program a while back called FIT functional intensity training and it was an ebook. Yep. And I did this in there too and I progressed accessory exercises through movement and I progressed compound lifts through percentages. So you're going to see that you're going to go from doing 65 60 to 65 to 70 80 90 95% of your one rep max throughout the weeks and there's there's a cycle of them and I do that so that we can basically guarantee you're going to get stronger in it. And I can guarantee that and you're going to stick with the same compound lifts um, for example, we do you can alter these, so like for, for women, if, if you can't do heavy front squats, because there's some women who are limited on how much they can front squat because of their upper body strength, so they can do back squat if they want to. But the program is designed to be trap bar deadlift, barbell bench press, uh, barbell front squat, and then um, barbell over, uh, push press. So push press, so we can use a little momentum, it's just a little bit easier to get up uh, heavier weight over and we're using some explosive muscle fibers which is what athletes do Um, front squat because it's typically easier on your low back trap bar because you can typically go heavier and it's safer on your low back and i did those because again we want to create an athletic physique and build we're not competing in powerlifting, so let's use the lifts that are compound but altered to avoid injury right so that's why we use those um and honestly like even like the front squat like if you get really good at front squats you're going to develop your your upper and mid back way more than you would with the back squat because that front rack position relies on your stabilizers and your shoulders to actually do that when i think of an athlete they usually have a jacked entire posterior chain so you get a lot of posterior work on this and that means traps lats rhomboids glutes hamstrings calves everything is going to get lit up on the backside. um but the, the accessory exercises alter week to week and they do it through movement. So I think we went from dumbbell reverse lunge to dumbbell RNT reverse lunge, which is uh, reactive neuro training, I believe is what it's called. But basically that band is pulling my knee laterally and I'm having to stabilize, yep. right? So I'm getting some anti rotation or anti lateral resistance on my knee, uh, which is really good if you've ever had bad knees, but it adds a new element to it. And then we go to a deficit reverse lunge. So I'm on a platform and I'm stepping off to create a bigger range of motion. Then we went Bulgarian split squats and then it was RNT front-loaded Bulgarian split squats. So the bands pull me forward, so I have to extend against it, makes the contraction on the top harder. Then it was one and a half rep Bulgarian split squats, so on and so forth. And and as you could see, every week it changed, but it's always a reverse lunge or split squat. Really, it's always a split squat single leg squat variation, a unilateral quad dominant movement. And we do it that way because I want people to get to the end of the program and be better at moving, better at exercise as a skill. And I want their joints to feel better. I want them to have an improved range of motion and flexibility, um, and just capability in the gym. So, you know, the programs, I really like it. I'm having a blast with it. Obviously it's working. I'm getting fucking strong. I mean, it's not just from the last six weeks or however long I've been testing it, but, um, but it's definitely like there's there's an element of training that's called realization and this is kind of like when you know you can train and train and train and train but until you get a system that allows you to recover and quote-unquote realize those strength gains mm. that's where although there's a period in periodization there's in block periodization there's accumulation intensification and realization those are the three phases realization is where all of a sudden all these gains come right we're working towards them we can't express them yet so we might not hit any prs and then all of a sudden when we go through a realization phase they start popping up so this program is nice because it kind of blends that in it's allowing me to express strength that i'm i'm not only I have built, but I'm actually, like, finally building, you know what I mean? So, uh, which is cool. I hit 500-pound deadlift and a 300-pound bench, which was two of my goals. 400-pound squat is the next one, which I'm, I'm not planning on doing too soon because I've been front squatting. But yeah. uh, but that's the next goal. Um, but, no, the program is super, super fun. You're going to get a lot of variation. You're going to get a lot of strength uh, development in it. Um, there's a lot of fun functional bodybuilding inside of it. So you're definitely gonna build your physique and there's a lot of power development. But I think the thing that, and this is the last thing I'll say, that is unique about this program that a lot of people don't think of when they think of bodybuilding is that, it's going to give you something different that's going to create more fast twitch muscle growth. So they call it high threshold motor units. And what this essentially is, is, is if you ever look at like a sprinter or a track athlete or um, any explosive athlete that's just fucking jacked a running back or whatever, and you look at their training and they're not doing any bodybuilding, right? There's, a, there's Olympic um, like rings and, and gymnasts and stuff. And you look at their training, you're like, you don't do any curls. Why are your arms fucking huge? Because they're really strong. They have a lot of uh, fast twitch muscle fibers. And there's running backs that are the same way. They do a ton of cleans and sprints. But they look like monsters. Well, it's because they develop these fast twitch muscle fibers. So if somebody has been doing bodybuilding for a long period of time. And they shift gears. Now all of a sudden we're doing sprints and throws and box jumps. And dumbbell snatches. And heavy, low rep, safe Trap bar deadlifts, front squats, things like that, um, you are going to experience a new type of growth that you haven't seen. Um, And usually that's that like lean, dense muscle look. That's a very unscientific way of putting it. Like you can't like build quote unquote dense muscle. I can't say that technically. But it's what we see, you know? Like a lot of those athletes, they're not huge. They're not like body, stepping on stage, bodybuilding. Just strong. They're just, they look fucking strong and lean. And like, they're the kind of people that are hard, To the touch, even if they're just chilling and they're not doing anything. You know what I mean? Um, And that's what most of us really want. So um, I tried to design this program for that, and and nonetheless, it's fucking fun. So um, it is live now, uh, taylortrainerapp.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's one of the first programs in there when you download it. So you just got to download the app, and then you'll have unlimited access to it. Oh, yeah. And you can train with me. You'll just be uh, a few weeks behind me, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But That's dope, man. yeah. Yeah, it's been a good one. All right, cool. The last question we will have today is going to be coming from Nutrition First Coaching. It says, how do you teach someone to weigh and measure their food when they first start coaching? And do they measure what they are currently eating for a period of time before you set their macros? So I'll answer the second part first because
0: it's really easy. Yes, they do. Uh, I, it depends on the person, but like, I used to suggest at least seven days, ideally 14 days of, because, you know, if we if we do it this textbook, then I want you to weigh yourself every day for 14 days, and I want you to track your diet every day for 14 days. And at the end of 14 days, I want to see what your average weight is, and I want to see what your average calories is. That determines your maintenance intake. And the reason this works really well, and I still do that if... Somebody is very often, on like, if their diet's, like, fluctuating like crazy, I will definitely do this. If somebody's like, hey, I'm, I eat the same thing every fucking day, I just haven't tracked in a while, they have more experience and they'll be honest with me, then I'll be like, hey, I want you to track a few days during the week and give me, like, at least one weekend day, and then we'll jump into it. But if somebody has a, a very minimal experience and their diet's kind of all over the place, then I would prefer seven or 14 days because if I have two weeks of weigh-ins and food logs and then I take their averages... You know, even if somebody is barely eating during the week and then they just binge on the weekend, if you track that, you're still going to be able to decide what is their weekly average intake and what is their weekly average weight. Whatever that weekly average is, is going to lead to uh, their maintenance of weight, right? So that's their little maintenance calories. And then from there, we can create a deficit. How I create that deficit depends on their lifestyle, their goals, all those kind of things. So yes, we always have people track first. It also allows us to see where they're at because if somebody comes to us and we want to create a, a macro-based plan, but their habits are horrible, we might actually start with habits or just put more of an emphasis on that. So maybe we are tracking calories and macros, but we're focusing on ranges, like stay within, you know, two hundred to two hundred and fifty carbs, like just stay in this range. And I want you to focus on these habits because you're eating out constantly, you don't take any of supplements as far as vitamins, minerals, fish oil stuff like that. You you don't drink enough water. your sleep is bad. Let's focus on like the foundational building blocks that just put you in a better position to adhere to a diet. And then we'll start tweaking the diet. Um, and it's, you know, how I teach them is, I mean, at this point we have systems and uh, guides really like, I mean, yeah. we build tools for our clients so that they know how to track. We are, um, in the app literally so that they can select the right food. So they know they're not choosing something in the app that is wrong. So we've created a da- database for our clients. Um, and we just kind of take them through it. That's the whole point of coaching really. Like, I mean, how do you teach them? I show them, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, here's the scale. Buy this on Amazon cheap, Effective works digital. This is how you're going to put it on there. This is what you're looking for. This, you know, this is when you can wear in ounces. This is when you can weigh in grams. This is when it's acceptable to weigh or not even weigh, just use like cups um, <laughs> of yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I do when I'm eating steak off the smoker. Damn. Um, not literally. I mean, actually, probably literally. I don't actually weigh in pounds, but oh. I easily eat over a pound of meat sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's not okay. Good. Um, when you can use cups, let's say like, I- I'm never going to be like, hey, you got to make sure you weigh your spinach. I mean, unless you're stepping on stage, we don't got to get that serious, you yeah. know. Is that about a cup? Cool. Because the difference between a cup and two cups is about two calories. Like spinach is like very, very, you know what I mean? Wow, There's certain yeah. things that doesn't matter. Um, now, if you think of like oil, the difference between a tablespoon and a tablespoon and a half is a huge difference. There's a lot of calories in a tablespoon of, of olive oil so there's certain things we do need to track and it's like really guiding the client through those things what are the most important things to track and be very accurate and precise with how do you track and be precise with those things how are we putting this in the food log how are we putting this in the tracker so on and so forth and until they have a really good understanding and letting them know at the very beginning this is the biggest key you are not going to get this right not for at least a few weeks very rarely do you give people this advice and then week one they're like dialed in i'm tracking properly i know how to measure all those things usually it's like hey let's just take small steps i don't give a shit if you don't lose any weight in the first three weeks as long as i can teach you how to do these things so that you can lose weight for the next six months let's focus on the building blocks and you go slow and you don't put the pressure on them to be perfect because when you do that that's when they say fuck this this isn't sustainable and they quit yep. so creating that positive and supportive environment for them to keep learning is, is the big key there um yeah, I mean that's how it's that's how it's done. That's how it's broken down, and that's what we typically like to look for as far as, uh, and you know, there's times where we say, hey, give me three days in the tracker, and that's fine. There's also some times where people hire us, and they've already been tracking, so we just go through their logs and we get right to it. So it's different for everyone. Yeah, yeah. it's really really independent. So just depends on that.
1: Cool. Well, that was the last question today, guys. So uh, we already, you know, set an announcements. So yeah. Um,
0: leave us a question. If you guys have anything, you guys have been sending great questions. Uh, please continue to do that. You can do that by clicking the link in the description of this podcast and you can ask us anything there. You can also add yourself into the Facebook group, uh, which is the tailored life podcast forum. There's a link for that in the description as well. Um, and as always leave us a five-star rating or review. If you enjoy the show, make sure you share it on Instagram and or with a friend because we want to continue sharing this and spreading this message. To more and more people. Uh, we want to thank you for listening and we'll catch you guys next time.